0: Welcome to the Palace Perspective, brought to you by Palace Capital Advisors, a wealth management firm specializing in custom estate, financial, and tax solutions that others often miss.
1: Welcome to the Palace Perspective. I'm Taylor McCormack, and I run the marketing and communications here at Palace. Today's recording marks our 60th episode. To mark this occasion and celebrate Women's History Month, we have a special edition I am joined by two Palace rock stars, Cam Newton, CFA, and Portfolio Manager here at Palace. Cam always has her pulse on the markets. We are also joined by Shannon Smith, Director of Planning and Client Experience. Shannon is known by her clients as their personal CFO. Cam and Shannon have prepared 10 topics to discuss regarding women in finances, so let's dig in. Thanks, Taylor. Kim and I are really excited to be here today. The subject of financial empowerment for females is one that is near and dear to my heart. According to a study by MetLife, only 55% of females feel secure about their finances versus 70% of men. Isn't that staggering? Being financially literate is just so important for women for many reasons. One, women live longer than men. Um, average, it's actually about five to seven years that women live longer than men. Women, unfortunately, have higher health care costs. You could expect to spend about 20% more during your working years than men on health care. And then once you're retired, they say it's supposed to cost about $100,000 more than a man will pay for health care in retirement. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Another one is that women tend to have interrupted careers more than men. For example, maternity leave, maybe taking a few years off to raise kids, taking care of aging parents. Women are the caretakers, and that takes its toll in many ways. It really does. You know, interrupted income, not saving your 401k. And then fourth, statistically, unfortunately, still women earn less than men, which means that they'll have less in savings. And efforts to, you know, close the gap has progressed slowly. According to the UN, it'll take 250 years for women and men to receive equal pay at the current pace. So let's hopefully that changes faster than
2: yeah, wow. it has been. Absolutely. And you know, you can also help yourself close the gap. Women often are reluctant to negotiate their salary, but be confident and apply for the job that you might not think you're 100% qualified for or ask for a raise. And some of the best advice my sister gave me was no one's going to give you anything you don't ask for. So be your own advocate. Our goal today is to help empower you and to educate you. So let's move on to the 10 things that women should know about their finances.
1: Awesome. We try to keep it to 10. There's many things, but we'll keep it to 10 on this one. (laughs) Yes.
2: So number one, invest early. Compound interest is an investor's best friend. Not only do you earn money on your principal, but you earn money on the growth. For example, if you have $1,000 and you invest it every month for the next 30 years and assume a 7% rate of return, you'll end up with over $1.2 million. And for our young investors out there, If you max out your IRA and contribute it, and again, assume a 7% rate of return, if you start investing at 25 compared to starting to investing at 30, you'll end up with almost half a million dollars more in retirement. So the time to start investing is now.
1: That's a crazy statistic because you're only allowed to put in $6,000 a year into your IRA, but if you were doing $6,000 a year five years earlier... By the time you retire, that's a million do- half a million dollar difference. Yeah, Compound and, interest.
2: And, you know, it constantly changes. So Look at the amounts, 6500 You know, they hopefully keep raising it.
1: Exactly. Another one is get involved. You should know your net worth. Whether you're single or married, you should know where all your assets are, the total value of all your assets. Again, where they are, like if something happened to you or your spouse, do you know where everything is? Do you know how to log into any, all, the, all the accounts? This is just a really vital one of knowledge. Knowledge is power. At least know where you're starting from. Exactly. The other one kind of ties in with net worth is cash flow. Know your cash flow. What's coming in? What's the income sources for your family? What are the expenses? What are the fixed versus variable expenses? And what are the discretionary items versus non-discretionary? And that'll help you come up with your family's budget. Both, if you're married, both people should know what the budget is and they should try and help stick with it. Maybe every year you sit down and you do, a, what did we, the last year look like? Did we stick to our budget? How much extra do we have in cash? What does our savings look like this year? On the subject of savings, you should at least have three to six months of that monthly spend in cash for a rainy day in case of emergency funds. That's your, you know, break, you know, break glass for emergency.
2: Absolutely, and even as a portfolio manager, you know, It's great to see that because you don't want to sell at the bottom of the market. Have your rainy day fund, as Shannon said, and be able to access that and don't have to dip in to your investments if the time's not right.
1: Another thing about your rainy day fund, though, too, is out of sight, out of mind, we suggest segregating it from your, you know, checking account. That money is in another account that you don't have easy access to, you know, yourself, but you don't necessarily want it in the checking account that you have access to and you want to make sure that it's in a high interest account as well.
2: You know, kind of going off of that, next is liability management. Um, Not all debt is created equal. You know, there's good debt and there's bad debt. Know it and manage it. Good debt is, you know, a low interest rate on an appreciating asset, such as a mortgage. And on top of that, your interest on a mortgage is deductible. And, you know, some bad debt would be high interest on a depreciating asset or unsecured debt, such as credit card debt. So it's okay to have debt, but make sure you have good debt.
1: The right kind of debt, exactly. Make yourself the bank. Of course, one I'm very passionate about, have a financial plan. It doesn't really matter what your net worth is or your income. If you have any goals at all, goals such as retiring someday, paying for your kid's college education, maybe starting a business someday, a goal without a plan is just a wish. Now, we know that life throws curveballs. You could have the best plan laid out, and life goes in a different direction. But having a plan gives you the guardrails to say, okay, how do we pivot and what do we need to do to help us get back on track? How do we sway with the changes that came and how do we go move forward from
2: here? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, going off of that too is make retirement a top priority. Don't set it out, you know, set it off until oh, maybe I need my kids to go to college first. Think about retirement now and max out your savings vehicles. You know, contributing to your 401k isn't just going to what the company matches, max it out. You can contribute up to 22,500 a year. And if you're over 50, you can contribute 30,000 a year. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, you know, if I'm not working, does that mean I can't save for retirement? And the answer is no. So even if you aren't working, if you file a joint tax return with your spouse, and the household income is at least 13000 then you can contribute to a spousal IRA and still be saving for your retirement. And now, you know, most families we work with, you can't deduct your contribution to your IRA, so a backdoor Roth might be for you.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: I'm sure, you know, we both get lots of questions on backdoor Roths, and that's a topic for a whole other podcast and, but if you have questions on it, or think that you might be the fit for that, then you reach out to yeah. either of us, and we're happy to explain more.
1: As Kim was saying, you know there are income limits on deductible IRA contributions. There is no de- income limit on a conversion to make these backdoor Roths. Again, subject of a different podcast. Yes.
2: <laughs> and you know that being said, know your financial advisor. Go to the review meetings. Ask questions. The point of all of this is so you know what's going on with your finances. That you're empowered and that the people around you are building your knowledge. If your advisor isn't educating you or isn't involving you, then find a new advisor.
1: Exactly, uh, 100%. If they're not doing this, that's what they're there for. Yeah, if they're not involving you, educating you, you're with the wrong advisor.
2: Absolutely. So, you know, and if something happens to your spouse, if you already have a trusted advisor and you've built a relationship with them, that's one less thing to worry about.
1: We're making a lot of progress, cam. <laughs> so we're now on number eight insurance. Make sure you're properly insured. and the so many different types of insurance, let's start with basic. you're renting an apartment. you should have renter's insurance. You're a homeowner, of course, you have homeowners insurance, but you also want to make sure you have the right umbrella coverage on the house as well. Life insurance. Make sure you have the right life insurance for you if, if you have any dependents if God forbid something happened to you, how would they survive? How would the bills get paid? That's where life insurance is so key. Disability insurance, and same thing. If there's an unfortunate accident and the income's not coming in, how will the household pay for those expenses? That's where disability comes in. So just making sure you have the right amount of insurance of all different types is really important to protect your family.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And even when you talk life insurance, you know, there's many ways and reasons why you want it. It could be if I were to pass away, my family needs the income, or it could be an estate planning tool. So there's a lot of reasons why you, you know, need insurance.
1: Great point, Cam, yeah. Income replacements, multiple stages of your life. Yes. Younger income replacement, older and larger estates, estate planning purposes for what, sure. Talking about estate planning, my number uh, nine we've got is, you should have an estate plan. Every single person, this is one, it's also, doesn't matter what your net worth is, you need an estate plan why? Because if you die without a will, it's called dying intestate, and that means that you have to go through probate in the state you die in. It is a lengthy and costly process that unfortunately yeah. is public and is not a very fun process for the you know your heirs who have to deal with it if you've had to deal with the government for anything it tends to be a bureaucratic and long
2: process <laughs> absolutely
1: so that's your will um the other document you'll need drafted is your your health care proxies god forbid again something happens to you you're still alive but you're unable to communicate your needs you want those needs to be written down somewhere so your heirs and your family members know what your wishes are Um, If you have kids, this is a really, really tough one. I know it's such an emotional, hard decision. Like, what happens to them if something happens to you and your spouse? It's horrifying to think about. But if you don't think about it and put that in paper, unfortunately, the state is going to decide for you. And you don't want the courts making that decision for you. No. So it's um, an interesting conversation to have with your spouse. You get to really hear how they feel about your parents and vice versa. <laughs> but these, you need your estate plan done.
2: Absolutely. And number 10, don't be scared of taking risk. Um, it is Women are way less likely to take risks than men when it comes to their finances. And this can be detrimental to your savings in the long run. Um, you know. For example, the S&P 500 in the last 30 years, the average return is 9.7%. And if you adjust that for inflation, it's 7%. And, you know, we have so many women that come to us, and they've done a great job saving and, you know, have spent the time. They, you know, really went through their budget and... Maxed
1: out their 401ks, maxed out their IRAs, but the money was sitting in cash.
2: Exactly. And if you were... So going off of a 7% rate of return, and if you follow the rule of 72, which tells you how long does it take to double my money, if you had $100,000 in cash and you're assuming 7%, you'll have $200,000 in about 10 years. Another 10 years, that could be $400,000. Now the exact same person that had that $100,000 in cash, and now for the first time in a very long time, you actually get a little bit of money on your cash. But you know, for a long time, you're earning next to nothing on your cash. So when you adjust that for inflation, you actually could have your hundred thousand dollars could be worth less. Exactly. Um, This
1: one I unfortunately see a lot. Women tend to be really great savers, but they don't trust the market, or they because they don't trust it because they don't understand it.
2: Exactly. So you know, work with an advisor. Don't be skeptical of the of the markets, and don't stay in cash and Work with your advisor to figure out what your right, you know, risk versus reward is for your goals and your time horizon. But at the end of the day, let your money work for you.
1: Exactly. You know, time horizon is a really big one here too, where... You know, if you know you need the money in the short term, it shouldn't be in the markets. You know, and short term could be anywhere from three to five years because the market in the short term, no one has any idea what's going to happen. But as Cam said earlier, over a 10 year time frame, 30 year time frame, 50 year time frame, the market averages seven to 10 percent. So it's the longer term assets. They should be invested for growth. And you're just hurting yourself if you're keeping it in cash. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we covered a ton, so thank you for staying with us. If you have any questions at all, please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, we love being a resource, and um, helping females get more empowered and feel confident about their financial future.
0: Thanks. Preceding information is for general educational purposes only. It's not intended to be investment advice and is not specific to any individual's personal situation. Any decision about investing should be undertaken only after careful consideration of the investment's risks, costs, liquidity, or lack thereof, and the investor's time frame. Please remember that past performance may not be indicative of future results. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, or product referred to directly or indirectly in this newsletter or podcast will be profitable or equal any corresponding indicated historical performance levels. The investment advice is offered through Palace Capital Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor.